Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. And on this episode, Courtney Cust, assistant women's basketball coach at Hope College. Hope College, no need for an introduction, right? One of the top programs in the country secured yet another Division I ranking this past season. As you know, there was no NCAA Division III tournament. And in this episode, she breaks down some of her responsibilities as an assistant coach. A lot of the questions that I get working with varsity basketball coaches are regarding delegation and, and the responsibilities given to the assistant. So she really does a great job of sharing some of her responsibilities and some of the other coaching staff responsibilities during practice and during games that I know will be very beneficial for a lot of our listeners. She also, also shares some of the the strengths, the important aspects of what it takes to be a high-level assistant coach, some of the things that she tries to focus on, all of that, and much, much more within this episode. Now, as we're sharing this, it is late June, great time to think about how you're going to continue to improve your basketball program, especially as the month of June winds down, which is why in mid-July, we're going to reopen the coachesedge.coach membership. That's a great opportunity to not only do some of your own hoop study and check out all of our resources that we have for basketball coaches, but because you're not with your players as much in the month of June, obviously August, it's a great time for them to get free access to the Kramer basketball app, which comes with your Coach's Edge membership. That has been a huge piece for many players putting in the work because they have a coach who's gotten coachesedge.coach. And now all these players get app access and I can see them every single day putting in the work, communicating with their coaches. It's a really cool thing to see in our Coach's Edge program come full circle as far as resources to coaches and resources to players within the same membership. All right, enough of that. We'll get to that later. Thank you for listening to this episode. We certainly appreciate all of you. If you enjoyed this episode with, with Coach Gust, positive rating, review, share it out with someone who may also find this episode beneficial. Um, that would go a really long way as well. Before we get to the show, a quick word from our sponsor. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, our truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were going to take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. A warm welcome to Coach Courtney Cust, Hope College Assistant Women's Basketball Coach. Um, Coach Cust, thanks for taking the time to be on the Coach Sage podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited. This will be this will be a lot of fun. This is a topic that I've been wanting to to do for a while. Um, had a few different coaches and, and people in mind, um, and I wrote Coach Morehouse, and he said you're the person for the job. So thank you for for taking the time to be on as we discuss 
some of the roles and the importance of being an assistant coach. And I'm really curious to hear some of the responsibilities that you have as an assistant for one of the top programs in the country, division one, two, three, you guys are one of the best at hope. So before we get into that, could you just introduce yourself a little bit and talk about some of your experiences as a coach and and even as a player? Yeah, totally. Um, I am a hope alum. So 2013 grad, uh, played on uh, pretty good teams uh, throughout my college career under Coach Mo. Um, and my freshman year, we went to the national championship game, ended up losing. And then my senior year, we went to the Elite Eight and had an, another really good season. So um, kind of saw firsthand the excellence that is Hope Women's Basketball. And now I'm just grateful to be a part of it. So I graduated. Um, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. I moved home. I was a business major, never thought I wanted to go into coaching, um, but I went to grad school at Xavier and also picked up an assistant coaching job at Cincinnati Christian University, uh, which is an NAI, NAIA school. It's actually no longer a, a university, which is too bad. But, um, and then the job opened up at Hope and I jumped at the chance to come right back up to Michigan. So um, that was seven years ago, I think. Um, and I, yeah, I'll be headed, just finished up uh, year seven, heading into year eight, working with um, Coach Mo and, and hopefully building something and, and working towards uh, winning that national championship, which is our goal. So um, yeah, that's a little bit of my background, I'm super brief, but um, yeah, excited for year eight. Absolutely. You guys are doing some great things at, at Hope, no doubt uh, about it. Um, for any of our listeners right now, we had head coach Brian Morehouse on the Coach's Edge podcast, I believe, last summer. So that's a great listen. Make sure you go back and listen to that episode after you listen to this one, of course. Now, um, so, Cordy, what are some of the main things and and what we can get kind of broad and, and we'll dive in as we go. But what are some of the main things that you've learned as an assistant coach thus far? Yeah, um, again, I, I did not like think this was my path. I did not um, think that I would be eight years. And even when I took the job as an assistant coach, I was like, oh, I'll do that for a couple of years and then go back to the business world. Um, but I think what has kind of led me uh, to continue to stay at Hope is just like the impact that you can have even as an assistant. I think, um, you know, people think that the head coach gets all the glory and they do. And they have all, they have more pressure than what an assistant coach has on them. They um, are in the media more, or they you know, are the top dog, get to make all the decisions. But I think people sometimes um, either undervalue themselves or undervalue the role. And I think that as an assistant coach, you can have just as much of an impact in the lives of the student athletes um, than anyone else on the staff. So I just think it's different, right? So I try to look at being an assistant coach from a relationship side and kind of that, um, yeah, team building impact, like, am I helping them become a better human being, setting them out for success in life, but also how can I help them in their four years um, to be as best as, as good as they can possibly be and take every ounce of potential and just um, squeeze it out of them. So I really try to think of it from an impact perspective. You know, um, I listened to a podcast and they said that over a player's four years, only 4% of that time is spent with them um, in a game. So only four, 96% is all the other stuff, the traveling, the, uh, 
practices, the in the locker room time, the in your office talking, the watching film, all that stuff. And so we try to look at that and be really intentional with our time. And I think as an, an assistant, my favorite part is 100% the relationships you build and watching these student athletes grow throughout their four years. So um, yeah, I, I think that's, it's my favorite thing about coaching, but it's also the thing that I, I didn't think would keep me in the game for this long. And it's totally, totally has. It's it's the impact you can make on people's lives. Keeps pulling you back year after year. I, I love it. Um, and it, you know, also with with new new players coming in, and that you are able to to graduate kids and be able to see where, where they go from there. Um, it, it's just a really cool tree that uh, every coach is able to to have with those connections. Really cool. Um, what are some of the characteristics that you believe an assistant coach needs to have in order to really thrive? Yeah. Um, I think this is going to sound like a cliche answer maybe, but uh, just the desire to work hard um, and, and what that looks like in living that out. I think that um, an assistant coach, everyone says they're, you know, you got to just grind and you're the one that's working, but it's so true. And like, honestly, your ability to just show up over and over and over again and um, have your priorities in the right order so that you know that like, hey, I'm doing this for the student athletes. And like, if they want me to come in and shoot with them at 630 because they have class at eight, like I'm going to do it because it's it's about them and it's about their um, their experience, but also especially at the college level. I mean, it's just a lot of time from, and I think it's a fun thing. It can be super fun, but it is a lot of time and you got to put in the hard work. Um, and then a couple other things, I think loyalty is huge. Um, I think as an assistant, you can definitely disagree with your, which I think we'll talk about a little bit, uh, disagree with your head coach, but I think at a macro level. So like on the big things, as far as your values go, what you believe in, in your coaching philosophy. Like I, I believe those need to be similar to your head coach so that you can be as loyal as you possibly can. I think, um, you know, again, like I'm, <clears throat> I value the relationship side. So when a student athlete comes to me and they, you know, are maybe upset about their playing time or don't agree with something, like I have to support the head coach through and through in that because I can't be sending mixed signals, right? An assistant coach can't be saying, oh yeah, you should be playing over this person. Like, I just can't do it. You know, like it's, um, I, I gotta stay loyal to also my beliefs and what I think, but um, hopefully those align with your head coach. So um, I think that's a huge one. And then I also think um, the creativity piece, I think you need to be really creative as an assistant coach. Um, I am constantly asking like, what am I bringing to the table? Or like, what can I do to differentiate us? And I think that's been a, a big growth opportunity for Hope in the past couple of years is I think we've been pretty intentional with how we've differentiated ourselves. And a lot of that is um, not just me, but our other assistant coaches as well. Um, but in things like, you know, like I run our social media, that's that's not basketball, that's not X's nose, but it is like something where we can be creative and separate ourselves. And, you know, that goes a long way in the recruiting world and things like that. So um, yeah, I just think you constantly have to be thinking um, like, what am I bringing to the table or how can I, how can we do something differently here and not just um, do the status quo and do what everyone else is doing because that's not going to separate you. So. You guys do a great job with all those things. And, and um, I, 
I mean, you guys, you do, you, if you're running social media, you do a better job running social media than a lot of division one programs, to be honest with you, following, following you guys and a handful of other programs and seeing what some other schools are doing. And I do have to believe that that definitely plays a, a role in today's day and age with social media and kids can see like, it's exciting to be at hope. And if another program is close to as exciting as hope is, but they're not showing that in the way that, that you are, that gives you an advantage, right? That, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, and it's just a lot of fun. I'm, I'm 30 now, but I like to think I'm still a young buck. And so I like <laughs> the social media world. I like, uh, I, I just, that's a passion of mine and a joy. So, um, and it's fun to, sh- you know, uh, we totally want to show off uh, what we think we're doing well. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun to do. Well, you, you enjoy social media. I do not. In fact, this, this June, I'm, I'm finally hiring somebody to do some of my social media for me because when I, when I, cause I'm like with my business, I have to do stuff yeah. and I'm like, man, I hate this. Um, <laughs> like, it's just not, I am the person who I would go in and, and a lot of times like I would go and work out and whatever. And I know it's popular to post your workout and stuff. I would never do that. Yeah, I would never do that. But I'm like, I kind of should because I need to like keep engaged with kids and parents and stuff. So I'm hiring somebody to do it because at least for the summer, they got to take care of it. See how that goes. Anyway, side tangent (laughs) regarding social media. You mentioned disagreements. Mm -hmm. How does your team and your your staff handle disagreements? Yeah. Specifically in our staff, I mean, I think a lot of it just comes down to communication. I give Coach Mo a ton of credit for his ability to um, just communicate well and be um, someone who actually I give him credit because I think that he understands like the value of disagreements. I don't mean that in a weird way. I mean that like in we think they can be good, like it's healthy conflict. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he wants to be put, like, especially amongst our coaching staff, we have four assistant coaches. Um, he wants to be pushed. He wants to be challenged. And, um, I think that, you know, it's what makes people better if you're able to yeah. manage it well. So, um, I actually think we, we do that. We do that very well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in Mo's office every single day meeting and talking and we don't always agree, but we don't always, um, you know, we're able to just bounce ideas off each other, which is mostly what it is. Um, and yeah. And then I think with our team, kind of the same thing. I mean, we really talk a lot before. So we talk to our players a lot about like building the foundation in order to have healthy conflicts later. Right. So if you don't have that relationship, if you don't have like the background of, um, you know, just like a friend relationship, it's then hard to turn that into teammates. And I think we tell like our, our leaders or our captains all the time, you can't just go into practice and, and, you know, yell at someone or, or say something that maybe would cause a disagreement. You have to be able to have the, the relationship and have spent time with that person, getting to know them and getting to know maybe their struggles. So then you can approach them differently when there maybe is a disagreement. So um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it, is not about the disagreement itself. It's about um, either what what happens before and kind of what kind of foundation the relationship is in before you even go down that path. 
Oh, that's gold. I mean, it, and I, I wrote down, build the foundation in order to have healthy conflicts later. And I think if we can do that, I mean, what a, what a great soundbite for us to have a, as coaches. And the, the other thing is, if Coach Mo is really comfortable in his own skin, which he is, mm-hmm. he's going to be fine with people disagreeing with him as any head coach is saying, listen, I want your feedback. I value your feedback. But just because you you give me something doesn't mean I'm going to say yes, right? I'm probably going to say no to a, a bunch of things, but it doesn't mean I don't want you to keep giving me your, your ideas. I value that. Conflict is okay. If you are a head coach and all of your coaches are always agreeing with everything that you're doing, that's that's when we have a problem, right? Totally. Yeah. We have an assistant coach, Kyle Lurby, on our staff who he always jokes that um, he loves being an assistant because he's just the idea guy. He's like, yeah. I can go 15 ideas your way and you don't have to take any of them. And I'm fine with that, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you the ideas. And then like, you can pick and choose what you want, or you can disagree with me all you want and you can go with what you think, but at least I'm going to throw the idea out there. And I do like that, that mentality and that model of just like throwing things out there and you know it's what makes him really good is he's always got something new right and then we'll we'll roll with what we want but and part of being a great assistant coach is being comfortable with people telling you no right and and to keep coming back like if Kyle keeps coming back with with new ideas new ideas coach most not this one not this one and still being comfortable enough to yeah. keep working on new things yeah. I mean that's part of what's going to make the program so special and a lot of that comes down to the relationship communication and being comfortable enough in your own skin that you're okay with people saying no and 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 there's so many um, people in general I think that they don't want someone to say no to them so they won't try to you know step too far out and give an idea even if they really believe it and that hurts us all yeah you got a risk yep no risk, no reward. So as we're as we're getting down, this is one of the common questions that I get um, among varsity coaches that I work with. And there's a lot of varsity high school basketball coaches that listen to this podcast. And many of them do what I would say is too much work. They don't delegate at the level that they could to get the most benefit with the staff that they have. And maybe that's one only one part-time you know, assistant coach that, you know, maybe he's making a, or, or she's making a thousand dollars or $2,000. I, I don't know. Right. And then maybe they might have a volunteer assistant or, or, or something, but being able to use them to their potential is key. And so this is a question I get a lot. How do you guys break down your responsibilities in practice? How do you break down your assistant coaching responsibilities in games? And let's go practice first. Yeah. Um, first, I think Coach Mo is the prime example for delegation um, as far as that goes. He's he's just let us run with a lot as assistant coaches and trusts us to an extent where um, he can just say, okay, you're going to own this and we're going to see how it goes. And, you know, like he'll give feedback and, and advice and stuff. But um, he is really great at, at delegating. And I think it's made us all better coaches, which is which is awesome. So as far as practice goes, um, we kind of break up our practices. This is very broad, but into like a skill session, um, an offensive, defensive, um, and then maybe like some 
some scrimmaging and um, I guess maybe like sets and X's and O's a little bit more. So that's kind of like the, the flow, the majority of our practices are we at least get all of those things in uh, every practice. So as far as like uh, Kyle Lurvey and I um, do a lot of the skill development and a lot of like the pre-practice um, working on specific things within our offense that will help whether it's footwork, whether it's ball handling, whether it's coming off ball screens, things like that. Um, we design a lot of those, him and I, um, and then are able to implement that into practice. Um, and then Mo is our offensive guy. He is the offensive coordinator. We like to think of things in football terms, actually. So uh, he is our offensive coordinator. And then our other assistant, Kelly Carlson, is our what we would call defensive coordinator. Um, and so they kind of run those sections, I guess, of practice. But the thing that I like is that we all have input. And I mean, the number of times I've heard Coach Mo say, they're sick of hearing my voice. I like, you guys need to talk or, you know, I'm gonna let you run this session because I've been talking about ball screens for a week and we haven't gotten better at them. So maybe it's just a different voice they need to hear. You know, things like that, um, where we can lead a drill or step in and say, thing, say something that can be a different way than someone else. Um, we're just really empowered to do that. And I think it goes a long way because I, I do think players get, I mean, they can like, they can love the coach all they want, but if you just only hear that head coach's voice over and over and over again, um, it's just, it's just nice when you get different perspectives and different people stepping in. And, um, so we definitely, I mean, there's no like rank or anything in our, in our practices. I feel like people step in and say things or lead drills um, based on the day, kind of all over the place. So um, it's a, I think it's a good breakdown of responsibility in practice. And then when we go into games, um, we all have responsibilities on the bench, but as I said earlier, so we like to think in football terms, Mo is our offensive coordinator. So he's calling a lot of the plays. He has the play sheet um, with him. I help him out with that a little bit as far as sets and kind of what I see based on you know, he's thinking about a million things while he's coaching and I'm trying to watch like how the team defends ball screens or whatever to see what, what kind of set play that we have that could, could maybe uh, take advantage. But um, he does that. Kelly's our defensive guy. So he's, um, he, he keeps track of a couple of defensive stats and things for us. But then he's also, um, we switch up our ball screen defense quite a bit. We, we have added a press in the past couple of years. So he's calling that out. Um, in the game. And then technically I'm like our special teams person. So special teams to us is baseline out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, um, like late game kind of situations after timeouts. Um, so I call all of our baseline and sidelines during the game, which is just, again, like a nice mix. Um, it's one, honestly, we have had our players also call the baselines in the past, but the past couple of years, we've tried to be a little more strategic and um, so that's kind of our breakdown in, um, also in game, like I track, I track more just like trends in the game, I guess. And then we use those. I try to write down minute, like the time on the clock and stuff. We use it to clip it out, um, after the game. So our players can watch it. And then, um, and then coach, uh, Kyle, he tracks some of the goals that we have. So we have team goal. We have like 16 goals. For every game they switch every year but like for example uh one of them this year was how many possessions we were trying to play at a faster 
tempo. So we were keeping track of possessions per game and he's really into the analytic side of the game and was, was calculating our points per possession for every quarter during the game, which is actually amazing that someone can do that and also watch a game. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he would track our possessions. We were trying to get 19 possessions a game or a quarter, sorry, 19 possessions a quarter. Um, and yeah, so we all have a responsibility and I think it, it balances really well. And we also like, it's a very defined role. We know what we're doing, which I also think is important, especially for high school coaches. Um, like you just want to be able to communicate and say what the role should be, what, what they're responsible for, what like, um, whether it's in a game or practice, like what the desired outcome is, and then be able to hold people accountable to that. Because if we just break it down and we're pretty broad, I think there's a lot of room to, to kind of go your own way or go your own direction. And so we try to be as specific as possible as far as our roles go. So during the game, you're, you're kind of looking at the, you know, if Coach Mo is kind of the, the overall um, offensive coordinator, obviously the head coach, so he's got a hand in everything. Um, but, but you're looking at some of those, you mentioned kind of some of those smaller trends that happened throughout the course of the game. You mentioned you were taking some notes on what is, what does that look like? Like, is that, do you have an iPad? Do you have a, a notebook? Are there things that, you know, your trends that you're already looking for going into the game because of the team that you're playing dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, before every game, Coach Mo and I sit and meet and we talk about like what offense or set plays we think are going to work based on the film that we've watched um, and kind of where we want to exploit the defense, things like that. Uh, so I have that list sitting next to me during the game. Uh, and then I just have like a, it's actually the most simple sheet of paper in the world. It's just like, there's a box for each quarter. It's, there's nothing special <laughs> about it, but I just like write notes in the, in like, and I tried to break it down by quarter so that, um, you know, it's just easier to manage, I guess, or easier to look at after the game specifically. But, um, you know, I'll write down things from like what plays I think we should run or what offense I think we should run to also like, hey, we're not offensive rebounding at all. So that's just like a reminder to myself to mention that at halftime to our players or something. So um, it's kind of all over the place, but it's worked well for us. So um, yeah, and then we're able to break down break down clips later again like I try to write down so we have a you know this is a college level thing only but um we have a system called synergy that breaks down the games for us and it's pretty accurate if I can write down what time like a team scores so if there's a breakdown in our defense or something and it was super obvious and something that you know maybe a trend that's been happening and I write down the specific time like I can easily go find that it takes me like 10 minutes to find all the clips from the game the day before. So we're really, I mean, we're lucky in the technology world in that sense that, you know, me writing down a specific time will actually be, be helpful. Um, but yeah, we, uh, if I have a list of the set plays that we, that we've talked about running and we run three of them and they work, like we probably have a counter to that play uh, that I would suggest maybe to him to run or a similar action that then I would look at my list and we're a big set play team, so we have a lot, but, um, and we have a lot of counters to counters or, you know, you run one play and then you hit them with, you know, yep. a yep. same play, but maybe a back screen or something to get someone else open. So, um, yeah, I, I just try to give him suggestions. I mean, a lot of, a lot of timeouts, I'm just trying to get in his ear real quick. And then he goes into the huddle and, um, 
we'll we'll draw up a play or something that we want to run. So um, it's a good system for us. But yeah, no, that's great. I think you know, for a high school coaches listening to be able to see how you break that down, different responsibilities among the coaching staff, and say, okay, if the head coaches or the offense, and maybe the head coaches offense and the assistant coaches defense and maybe that volunteer assistant or usually there's like a another assistant on pretty much any varsity team maybe they're the ob coach and they're tracking some of those trends like just to be able to see and hear what that could look like and try to taper it down a little bit for the high school level i think has a ton of a ton of value so that's good stuff thanks for sharing um you mentioned relationships being a huge part as an uh, as an assistant coach what are some of the things that you do to strengthen those relationships throughout the course of the year or the season? Yeah. Um, kind of what I was talking about earlier with the disagreements. I, I, again, I just think like foundation is so important and where you like the intentionality behind, um, you know, what you do. Like, for example, yesterday I wrote out in my like journal thing that I have, like I literally wrote it out by hand. I wrote down every single player in our program, uh, with in our JV and varsity, that's about 30 kids. And I'm just going to tally every time I talk to them this summer and make sure like that sounds like I'm just checking them off a to-do list, but it also holds me accountable, right? I'm not like, I will have individual specific conversations with each one of those kids. It's not just like a mass text, right? But I just think it's important that you start from the beginning. I mean, I, I want to be a resource for people. I want them to feel comfortable coming to me. I think that's super important for an assistant coach um, because honestly, sometimes they are intimidated by the head coach. And I, I would challenge a lot of our players, you know, like we all have, they all have to go have meetings with our, with coach Mo, but um, you know, I would challenge a lot of them after they come talk to me to, to go talk to him about the same thing or whatever. But initially maybe there's some, some hesitation or um, for example, I'm the only female in our coaching staff. And I think that there's, something important about that relationship as well, that I'm coaching young women. And, um, you know, I've played for Coach Mo, I've played at Hope, so I kind of know what they're going through. And I try to, again, like that was easier to say my first couple of years, but uh, still kind of have a feeling for it. So um, try to just build that, that relationship um, and be really intentional with them. So try to check in once a week, that's my goal this summer is, at least once a week, talk to every single person in our program, which if you think about that, having a real conversation with 30 people takes a ton of time. Yeah. But um, but I think it's that important. I mean, I we've been really intentional about it the past couple of summers and we've kind of, we've come in in the fall, like we've hit the ground running and it's been great. So I, I just think like building that foundation is what is so important. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe that you have to have the basketball knowledge and IQ and like you're trying to build that side of it but I also think like sometimes they just want someone to care about like what's happening at home or how their schoolwork is going doing or um, you know like the drama in their dorm like you know like sometimes they just need an outlet for that too and I mm -hmm. think that that's also important as far as you know just you know, their parents aren't around it's they just have someone that um, or need someone that they can just go to and talk and I try to be that person as well so. Yeah. And it's important to keep in mind, you know, for at the college level, I mean, those freshmen, it's their first time away from home, right? And, cool. and some of them are, you know, 
you're a West Michigan school, but you do you do have kind of some spread as far as where your recruits are coming from. Like you said, you're from Ohio, right? Yeah. I mean, so you're getting players that, I mean, first time away from home. And so to dig into that and to build a relationship, that that transfers to the wins. That transfers to those hard practices. That transfers when there's an injury and all these other things because you've done a great job of communicating, building relationships and that foundation, no doubt about it. And I think having a, um, a, a woman on staff who's been through the, the grind, the journey um, has a ton of value to, to hope basketball, no doubt about it. Um, with this in mind, every coach is trying to see what issues might come up throughout the course of a game, throughout the course of a season, and then try to solve those problems. And what I see oftentimes is people or coaches who are very eager to point out the problem, but not so much a solution, right? And so can you talk about the difference of being problem-focused compared to solution-based and how vital that is? Yeah, totally. Um, I do think just from a, a coaching perspective, I have a general rule maybe that I've never like written down or, or like uh, voiced, but I think if you are an assistant coach and you go to your head coach with a problem or a complaint or something, you can't do it without also having at least an idea of a solution, right? Like you don't have to have it all figured out. Like that's why you're going to talk about the problem, but I do think you need to say like, well, what if we do this? Or what if we try this? You know, you have to have like some hint of a solution or else there's no point in going and just complaining. Like you're just, I mean, I don't want to be an Eeyore. Like I don't want to be the person that's just always the Debbie Downer, always the, the, you know, the Eeyore. So uh, we, our uh, football coach, that's what I always think of. Our football coach at Hope always says STP and he says, solve the problem. And basically his, he's like yelling at all of the time, STP, STP, solve the problem. And uh, what I get out of that is like, don't focus, don't focus on the problem. Let's, let's go solve it. Like, let's go figure it out and try to like, if we just sit around and we mope and we complain, you know, you're, you're just wasting your time. Honestly, it's kind of the same thing about people arguing about, about like bad refereeing or things like at some point it just gets to be like, okay, you can't change that call. Let's focus on the next, the next step. So um, we definitely, we like to be solution-based. I think from a, a team perspective um, and like working with student athletes on that kind of mindset, um, we have to set them up with the tools to succeed. And I just think like it is your job as the head coach as the assistant coach as the mentor to put your players in situations to succeed and if they're always focused on the problem and they don't have like a, a like a mental tool or like a a way to to kind of combat those problems you're just going to live in the problem right so we try i mean one example i can think of is we talk to our players a lot this is like more kind of the mental side of the game or the mental component but if they're focused on, if, for example, like their, their problem is um, that they're, they're mentally, like they're just negative and they they're lost their confidence or they, they just went 0 for 5 in the game and you need them, like they're your better player and you need them to make their next shot. Like we talk to our players a lot about um, talking to yourself and not listening to yourself, right? So when you listen to yourself, 
your first thought is negative. As human beings, our instinct is to go to that problem and just focus on the problem and focus on the negative. And we tell our players to talk to yourself instead. So like take that intentional step to go from negative to positive. And like, what are you gonna do? Um, you know, if you just went over five, you could think, oh, I'm a horrible shooter. Like that's your negative thought. And instead, if you talk to yourself and say, no, I've put in the time and effort to be a great shooter, like you're just automatically changing your mindset to a solution um, phase. And, and, you know, talking to yourself and being proactive about it. So that's just an example I thought of. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like you have to keep, you also have to keep your standards and your goals in mind. If you're always focused on the problem, um, like we talk to our players a lot about, you know, if we want to say we want to win a national championship or a, a league championship, whatever it is, like every other school in your conference or every other school in the country is saying that's our goal, you know, but like, what are you going to do? Like, what are the steps you're actually going to take? What are the tools for success? Like, what are the values that we're going to live out to get you to that, that point? So instead of like, if you, again, like if you lose your first game and you're like, oh, well, we're never going to win the league championship now. Like that's a problem, right? But instead, like let's find the solution. Like let's go back to the foundation. Let's go back to um, our values and keep that goal in mind. And let's go back to you know focusing on our on the solution, which is you know winning more games. So or whatever it is. So we we really try to focus on that and um, you know keep your big goal in mind, but know the steps to take that it takes to get there. Yeah, so. I, I love that. And my person, I'm not going to speak for you. My personal feeling is I'm not a big goal person. I think just like you said, everybody can have a goal. Everybody can have a goal. Talk yeah. is cheap, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to win the league championship. Everybody wants to win a national title, whatever that is. So you set a goal. Whoop do you freaking do, right? Yeah. What, what, what are you going to hold yourself to? What are the standards? What's the accountability for yourself and for other people that you're willing to, to sacrifice and commit to day after day after day? That's going to show me what you really value. That's going to show me how much you really want it. And that's going to show me the likelihood of you actually getting some type of a result that you would like to have. Do you want to win the league? Yeah. Do you want to win the national title? Yeah, but everybody has those goals. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to commit to, to take those steps and make it happen? And I mean, th those are the, you know, people will call them pillars. They'll, they'll call them, you know, the principles, the standards, whatever it is, non-negotiable. We can call it whatever you want. But if, if, if we just limit it to, yeah, I set this goal. And so now we're on the right track. No, no, it, that's, that's, that's entry level. Yeah, That's entry level. Totally. Yeah, we have a we have a thing in our program uh, we've done the past couple of years. We we call it the WE pyramid, which WE stands for win everything in our program, but um, that's a deeper meaning than just win every game. But uh, so we call it the WE pyramid, and it's like a you know it looks like an actual pyramid where the foundation is a is bigger than the top, right? So the top thing mm -hmm. is the national championship for us. It's it will always be that, um, and we. I do think there's value in talking about it, but there's value in everything in between, right? So we have this right. foundation where we write out every small thing you could possibly do mm -hmm. to be positive to each other, to be encouraging, to say thank you to the bus driver, to clean up after ourselves, to not throw our water bottles at practice up against like the, the bleachers or whatever, because the water gets everywhere, like stupid little things. Um, 
but they're not stupid. They're, <laughs> they're really important. And, um, you know, we talk about eating well and hydrating and being in the weight room and watching their film and like all those things are at the bottom of our pyramid. And then we, we start building up. So um, kind of in the middle are our values. And then we actually separate our values and our non-negotiable. So our values are, uh, you know, themes that our team has come up with and then non-negotiables for us is more like game things. So what are you going to do on the court? That's a non-negotiable in the eyes of our coaching staff. Um, and then we have some game goals and then we have like the path to the end of the tournament or, you know, uh, some in-season goals that kind of help us get there. So we really value the process um, while also having that bigger goal in mind. So I think that it's, it's uh, a combo of the two, but if you don't like too many people mess it up where they just focus on the top and we, you know, I mean, like two thirds of our pyramid is all the little things that you can do like, yeah. or all the things that you can do on a daily basis. And that is what makes more, probably more than two thirds. That makes up um, so much more to the program and your experience than just what you accomplish at the, at the top. So um, yeah, and then the, sorry, I'll just keep talking. The, the other thing I was just thinking about is you know, we had player meetings before our, our players left for summer and they worked really, really hard this spring um, to just, you know, keep getting better. And uh, we're setting them up for, or they set themselves up for success this summer already because of how hard they worked in the spring and the drills and stuff that they were, they were doing. And um, we're, we're really excited to see what happens in the fall and how much better they get over, you know, these three months away from us. But uh Mo, Coach Mo and I both walked away from, from those meetings saying like, no matter what happens next year, like we are so proud of who these people are and the path and like the, the hard work they're putting in and the process, they like get it, they just get it. And I think it's really hard to get a bunch of, you know, whether it's 14 to 18 year olds or 18 to 21 year olds, to like understand the process. And so I think you can live with whatever result if you, if um, you know, you enjoy and you're you're taking advantage of every moment of the process so we try to focus on that i love that because like you have this goal of a national title but if you're doing the things that you just broke down where you're sacrificing you're putting in the work you're proud of the character and everything even if you don't win the national title you're still going to look back on that as a success in, in a lot of ways right as far as the, the character development and everything that you went um you know, it's, it's like failure is better than regret. And so if, if you put in all that work and time and you don't win that national championship, you at the, at the very least don't have the regret of saying, I wish I would have done all these other things, but I didn't commit to it. We right. didn't hold each other accountable to it because you did those things. Okay, maybe you failed in, in that sense of winning a national title. But when there's no regret there, that's a freeing feeling to to have. That's a quote right there. Failure is greater than regret. I'm right. I, I heard that another coach I had on the podcast said that. So I can't coach Coach Sabo in Ohio. He's the one that dropped that one to All me. Right. So that's gotta just, give like gotta it. give him credit. But I like <laughs> it. Yep. Failure is better than regret. Um, I think he said it even better than than I just did. There was something other word to it. But last question. Yeah. For the coach that's listening. What are some other important aspects or something that, that might be unknown that somebody doesn't really think about 
that would help a coach who's listening when they're thinking about their assistant coaches and some of the things that they can use to build their program? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the biggest things is like to just continue to build that trust. I mean, you're never going to be able to delegate if you don't trust your assistants and you're never going to trust your assistants if you don't spend time getting to know them or if you don't teach them or if you don't, you know, like actively take a role in their life to help them be better. Um, and so I think that ultimately it all comes down to trust to an assistant coach or to any coach, I guess. Um, the things that have really gotten me, I think, ahead or things that have helped me be successful are always just trying to think one step ahead, which is, I think a head coach needs an assistant coach who's always willing to, to be thinking one step ahead, right? Like, I, I think the head coach has to live a little, a little bit more in the now, especially in games, especially, you know, um, you know, you can't, you can't think of the next game before you've played, you know, your game on Tuesday night. You can't think about Friday's game, you know? So, but I think it's really important for an assistant coach to be thinking one step ahead, whether that's like ordering food after a game, like it's, it could be the simplest thing, or it could be, Hey, like, what are we going to do when this happens? Or what's the plan for this, you know? And, um, and so I think that's a really vital thing uh, or important role of an assistant coach. Um, and then the last two things I'll leave you with, I think there's two things that really um, kind of motivate me. And they're what I, I guess, aspects of the coaching world that I really like. I got them both from a book. It's called Legacy. It's about the All Black, the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have two phrases in there that we use in our program and I use for like just my coaching philosophy, I guess. Um, we tell our players to leave the jersey in a better place, uh, which basically means when you're, you know, I was number 21 in college and, you know, there was I was number 21 in Europe. Love it. Great oh, number. Okay. Great number. Yeah. So, but you take like the jersey, right? So we have a list of everyone who's worn every number jersey in our locker room. So if you're number 21, you have a little thing on your locker that says everyone who's worn it before you. And, and your goal then is to leave it in a better place. Like, what do you contribute into the program? Um, that will have a lasting impact that someone will look back then when they see your name on that card and say, oh, that person did this, you know? So as an assistant coach, you don't have a jersey number anymore. You got to hang it up. <laughs> but uh, you can leave the position in a better place. Like, what are you doing to, um, to uh, just, yeah, have an impact and have a lasting, lasting legacy? I'm big in this because my second one is also very similar. Um, and there's a, a quote in that, that book I talked about that um, they say, plant trees you'll never see. So kind of the idea of, you know, you might, and I try to think of this from a relationship standpoint. Um, I If I plant a seed into somebody, right, um, then that will eventually grow and grow and grow into a tree. And I may never see that tree. I may never see like the impact of what, you know, my words had or, um, their four years here at Hope, like the, you know, they might not be fully um, developed as a human. We don't want them to be fully developed as a human, but at least maybe we've planted a seed that will then someone else will water it and then someone else will fertilize it and then it becomes a tree. You know, like that's, it's a silly metaphor, but it, I think it really has, it gives you a good image in your head of like what we're trying to do. And, you know, a lot of people either look back, especially for high school coaches, look back on their 
high school careers and say, I loved my coach or I didn't love my coach. And I think you want to be the person that they look back and say, you know, a coach can be one of the most influential people in someone's life ever. Like they will look back in 20 years and say, my high school coach changed my life or my college coach changed my life. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to make it about me at all, but I want to be someone who's, who's like just helping them along their journey and impacting them. I really want them to look back and say, hope college changed my life, right? Like the relationships I built, all the people I met, um, the growth that I had during that time. But if I can be a small part in that, like th that's my goal. So um, those are just a couple of things that, that I really like rely on on a daily basis about just that just kind of motivate me and keep my my priorities straight and keep everything in perspective so just wanted to leave you with those couple of things I love it. little daily reminders like that can can go a long way for sure it reminds me of um there's like a it's a Chinese proverb a wise man plants a tree under whose shade he shall never sit hmm. and um I wonder I mean that sounds very very similar a wise woman plants a tree under there whose shade she shall never sit I mean the same I mean it's just that's, that's really good stuff as, as you're thinking about when you have that philosophy, you're thinking about other people, everything that you go throughout the day, you're yeah. trying to make it better for that next generation, leave a legacy. Great stuff. Servant's heart, servant's heart for sure. Yep. So <laughs> coach, I know you have to get going. This was fun. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks for being on the Coach's Edge podcast. And for everybody who's listening, whether you're brand new, whether you've been rocking with us for the past year of the Coach's Edge, thank you for listening. Uh, subscribe or follow, I think they're calling on podcasts now. Rate, review, that goes a really long way as we try to help as many coaches as we can. So thanks again for listening. Coach Koos, thanks for taking the time. Get after today. Thank you so much. Special thank you to Coach Cust for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. Great insight. She's passionate about the game of basketball. She's passionate about relationships and the people that she works with. And Hope College is as good a guide as anyone for how to get things done, doing it at a very high level. So make sure that you're following them as well. We also had head coach Brian Morehouse on a previous podcast. So if you go back, in fact, I'll probably put the link in the description below. You can also listen to his episode. Uh, that was one of our most popular episodes in 2020 was him breaking down the success of their program. If you want to join our mailing list, let me know. You can go to our Twitter page at Coaches Edge One to follow some of the things that we are all about and keep updated on the podcast that we come out with every single week. Thanks again and get after it today.